Welcome to another episode of Life Across Borders, a World Relief miniseries. Jenny Yang, Vice President of Advocacy and Policy at World Relief, sits down with Abiyot Mulugeta, World Relief South Sudan's Country Director, to talk about the global issue of mass displacement and how World Relief is serving internally displaced people inside South Sudan. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, so for those who are listening, uh, my name is Jenny Yang, and I'm the Senior Vice President for Advocacy and Policy at World Relief. And I'm joined today by Abia Mulugeta, who is World Relief South Sudan's Country Director. Um, so today's conversation will really focus on getting to know Abia and some of our work in South Sudan. Um, so Abia, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, where are you calling us from, and how you got to where you are today? Thank you so much, Jenny, for uh, having me for this interview. And my name is Abiyot Muligeta. Uh, I am from Ethiopia. Uh, I'm married and also I'm the mother of uh, four children. I have three girls and one boy. I have been uh, working with humanitarian international organization for the last 19 years. Uh, and also I've been here in South Sudan since uh, I mean 2016 after like uh, uh, almost three years experience in South Sudan with Samaritan first I joined World Relief uh, Sudan office as a program director, February, 2019. Then uh, recently in mid of January, 2021, uh, I moved to South Sudan as the country director for a South Sudan field office. So this is uh, all about Abiyot. Well, Abiyot, that is so wonderful to hear. And I'm sure your children, your four children have a frontline view to the wonderful work that you're doing. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing about your family and even about your amazing experience um, that led you to where you are today. Um, and so you are now leading World Relief South Sudan office. And I don't know if many um, of the listeners are aware of this, but South Sudan is considered the youngest country in the world. Um, just this year in 2021, it's celebrating its 10th year independence, which is absolutely amazing. And so can you tell us a little bit about what it's like in South Sudan to be such a young country and whether or not there's any particular celebrations or anything like that regarding the independence? Yeah, as you mentioned, South Sudan is the youngest country in the world. And previously, South Sudan have been part of Sudan and got independence in 2011. When South Sudan is part of Sudan, there was really a serious conflict between the northern part and also southern part of uh, Sudan since uh, 1955. So uh, actually the main reason for the uh, conflict was demand for the representation and also more uh, regional autonomy. In addition to that, uh, there was a demand uh, from Sudan to Islamize all the Sudan country. So that's actually the reason for the independence of South Sudan, because South Sudan, majority of South Sudan uh, community in South Sudan are Christians, and they were against the, uh, the Sharia law, which was imposed by Sudan government in 1983. So after uh, the long year fight, uh, they got independence in 2011. Because of the long history of civil war, the community in South Sudan are live, uh, really living in severe food insecurity and access to basic social services like education and healthcare remains critically low in South Sudan. So this youngest country 
ranked fourth least developed country according to the humanitarian uh, development index in south sudan uh, almost 82% of the population live in below the poverty line so uh, the economically uh, the, the, the community are really uh, uh, suffering a lot and the main priority for the government is also to address the underlying cause of the conflict and stabilization in stabilize the economy so we have been working also to support the most vulnerable community in South Sudan since 1998. And just, just so folks are aware, um, the Independence Day for South Sudan um, is July 9th. And so it's really important for us to understand um, how young the country is. And as it's getting its feet on the ground and even developing its constitution, there's a lot of humanitarian needs, as you said, as, as uh, the majority of the population there is, is living below the poverty line. Um, and so, Avia, you bring such a wealth of knowledge and experience to this work, and there are so many things that I want to talk to you about, but for the purpose of this mini-series at World Relief, um, we're really going to zoom in on the topic of IDPs, or internally displaced persons. Now, the UN um, in June actually released some data that found that we are seeing a record number of those who are displaced um, at around 82 million people worldwide. And so the majority of the people that are displaced are actually internally displaced. Many of our listeners may be familiar with the work that we do with refugees and immigrants in the United States, um, but they may not be aware of some of the work that we do with displaced people um, in countries outside of the United States. And so for people who may not be familiar with the term IDP, can you briefly explain the difference between a refugee and an internally displaced person and just some of your experience um, serving uh, both populations? Uh, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the difference between refugees and IDPs, refugees are people who have fled to war, violence, conflict, and have crossed an international border to find safety in another country. Whereas uh, IDP is someone who is forced to live their home, but who remains within their uh, country's border. Uh, another major distinct between refugee and IDP is that IDPs are protected by the, uh, IDPs are not protected by international law as they are still under the protection of their own uh, government. But uh, when we see the context of IDPs in, in, in South Sudan, uh, there are uh, protection which is given by the UNHAMIS or the, the peacekeeping mission. Uh, just to give you an example where we are uh, currently working, uh, there was uh, a conflict in 2013 in South Sudan uh, between the government and opposition party. So uh, following that conflict, uh, the, the peacekeeper mission, they have, they have mandated to protect civilians in particular, those under the threat of uh, physical uh, harm. So, the protection of civilians is uh, is a responsibility which includes all parts or part of the peacekeeping mission. So in South Sudan, the IDP in most of the location have been in the POC protection of civilians. So World World uh, Relief have been working in the POC, the previous POC and currently IDP camp since 2000. Uh, Wonderful. Thanks for clarifying some of that information for us. And so at World Relief, we talk a lot about how everyone is created in the image of God and worthy of a thriving life. And that really drives a lot of our work with refugees and immigrants in the United States and even globally, because we want to really empower churches and create communities of love 
and welcome where everyone can thrive. Um, and so on the same note, can you talk a little bit about why working with internally displaced persons is at the heart of World Relief's mission and the work that you do specifically in South Sudan? Uh, as it was reflected in our mission statement, our mission is to empowering the local church to serve the most vulnerable. And our vision is to see the most vulnerable people transformed economically, socially, and spiritually. So IDPs are one of the most vulnerable community who needs our support. Uh, as we are uh, talking about South Sudan, IDPs have lower uh, employment and high rate of being idle, low enrollment rate at school, and high rate of dependency on aid as a primary sort of source of livelihood. So the IDP camps which we are working is home to many people who survived war, rape, and other murders, uh, continue to be exposed to a high prevalence rate of trauma-related injuries and their complication due to being uh, uh, confined in the small uh, space. So these IDPs are the one of the most vulnerable who are in need of our support. And World Relief has been responding to the most uh, vulnerable uh, since 2015 uh, in one of the IDP camp, which I mentioned located in Bentu. So we also work with the, with the local church, empowering the local church to maintain or to sustain what we have been doing through the health, nutrition, education, and also the, the wash component. So we have been providing life-saving nutrition service for malnourished children, uh, pregnant and lactating women, and primary health care for the IDPs in the camp. So IDPs are really uh, those part of the most vulnerable who are in need of our support. Abia, do you know how many IDPs in South Sudan we work with each year? Yes. Uh, in the Bentu IDP, there are an estimated population of around 100,000 people in a year. So we have been supporting uh, like 100 thousand people in that specific location. But there are also IDPs who who who, who were forced to displace because of the flood. So we are also supporting the IDPs who leave their original place because of disaster risk. So we have also like 20,000 IDPs who are also supported by World Relief in other states of their country. And so you mentioned a little bit about the, the specific vulnerabilities that IDPs have, um, especially the ones that we've, you've seen that we work with. Um, and so can you describe a little bit, what are some of the factors that lead to displacement in the communities where you work specifically in South Sudan? In South Sudan, the causes of displacement is the civil war, intercommunal violence, and recurrence of natural hazards such as floods and drought. Uh, uh, a a ca catastrophic rain season in 2020 forced also South Sudanese to leave their original place. So it's related with the civil war, intercommunal violence because of the uh, ethnics and also a kind of revenge killing uh, in addition to the, uh, the natural disasters. So these are the main uh, uh, reason for the displacement of the community in South Sudan. It's really hard to estimate uh, how long they will stay in, in the IDP camp because the, the, the return is determined by the safety and security, which is from the, from the government, and also availability of social service in their original place. Their return is determined by the safety and also the peace in South Sudan. I see. Thank you so much for describing a little bit about some of the root causes. 
Um, but I, if I had to guess, I would assume that most of our listeners have never been to an IDP camp before. Um, so can you paint a picture of what it's like to live in an IDP camp? What are the challenges of, of being in a camp? And what are people doing while they're actually in this IDP camp? I will talk about the IDP camp, which One Little Leaf has been working uh, since 2015. In this IDP, uh, children have been born who has now started going to school without experiencing normal village life. So the IDP side has approximately 10,000 uh, people currently and very congested with poor shelter as this, those founded in shanty towns in most parts of the world, poor sanitation and hygiene condition, no private life as most of thousands share small shelter with many people. The toilets are few, the, uh, most of them very full and not functional. Uh, at, the, at the peak of the rainy season, for example, last year, the site was reported nearly 7,000 cases of malaria per week. Residents have no access to land for farming, although some have uh, brought uh, some animals in, in this congested place. All the services are provided by humanitarian partners, like food, health, water, uh, 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 toilet, provision, nutrition, education. So they are 100% dependent on humanitarian aid and even for the for the for the food so life in idp is really the worst life so it looks like this i would love for you avia to just personalize this a little bit more uh, so can you tell us a story about someone you know who's living in one of these camps how did you meet them and how is world bullies work impacting their lives yeah uh, i chose to share the story of one child uh, his name is bon uh bon uh was one of uh, uh, our beneficiary for the nutrition uh, sector. So when when our nutrition staff met Bon, he was 56 months and he was diagnosed of malnutrition and was enrolled at World Health Facility for treatment. So Bon stayed in the Bentu IDP site with his mother and they originally lived in nearby county before moving to the uh, IDP camp in May 2015 due to the insecurity. So he had history of poor appetite, diarrhea, uh, abnormal uh, body size. So physical, the physical examination, uh, we found that he's also malnourished and needs uh, treatment for nutrition and also uh, health. So Bone was also diagnosed of worm infection, which is common in the uh, under five years uh, children. So uh, in one of our nutrition side, he was he got treatment, and after being treated of this condition in the health section, he was referred to the nutrition center with the same facility for uh, 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 nutritional treatment. So his mother was given continuous health nutrition counsel. Then, uh, by this child was diagnosed in April, but in May, bone was fully recovered from moderate acute malnutrition and discharged from the uh, nutrition center. So in September, uh, a household follow-up visit was conducted and he was fully recovered from the malnutrition and also his sickness. So uh, Bone is one of the 5,000 children who have received treatment of malnutrition by uh, World Relief. This is also one of the success story we have. 
under nutrition program. That is amazing. Um, just to see kids being able to get what they need to grow healthily um, and just to be a part of that, I'm sure is, is um, absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for sharing about that. I think oftentimes when we use terms like IDP or internally displaced person, it's really easy to imagine a big mass of people and not really feel connected, but these are women and men and children whose lives and relationships um, are just like all of ours. And I think to hear these stories of some of the challenges and, and to know um, how we're, we're really helping, I think is, is huge. I know many of our listeners are interested in South Sudan because there is this linkage and special relationship between the United States and South Sudan. Um, the United States was involved um, during the independence of, of South Sudan 10 years ago and continues to advocate, many people continue to advocate for South Sudan, um, for those who are vulnerable, but also for just ongoing humanitarian assistance to those whom World Relief serves and others as well. And so can you talk a little bit about uh, what World Relief is doing to advocate for IDPs in South Sudan? Yeah, uh, as, as I said, we closely work with the local church and also with the local government uh, through the different projects we have, which mainly focus on peace building and also uh, protection. Uh, we build the, 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 the capacity of the, the community, the local churches, to be an advocate for their uh, for their. Uh, community. We have a skill training for which targets mainly the, the users. So in this country, uh, users are also the main, uh, I mean, the conflict arises between the users. So users are idle because they don't have any access for employment. They don't have access for education. So we are also, uh, that, that's why we target users also working with the local church because churches are also responsible for the, the uh, peace related issues. We are able to bring together those community who never been uh, sitting together for a long because of their uh, tribal difference, because of their religious difference. So on those issues, we really address uh, try to address the root causes of uh, a conflict and also contribute for the uh, peace and security of uh, the communities in, in our operation areas. So before we end our time here, I'd love to hear what your hope is and World, what World Relief's hope is for IDPs. So when you think about your dreams for what the world could be like or what life could be like for displaced persons in South Sudan, what do you hope for? You know, currently what I can say is people want to go back to their uh, normal uh, lives in the village, but they are not confident uh, the current situation in terms of security will not be okay for them. Uh, another issue is they lost all their livelihood, especially cotton, and as a pastoral community, they really, uh, they really don't have somewhere to start. Uh, most agencies are not investing in long-term livelihood-related activity like restocking. Therefore, it will take long for them to go back and start their uh, uh, normal uh, life. I hope for the community peace to come to South Sudan. They have the potential for production, but if there is no peace, there is no way to concentrate on and also to utilize what they have. So I hope one day peace will come to South Sudan and they will uh, start to 
use the what's given from God to them. So that's my hope for South Sudan. Mm. And I think that's something we're all praying for as well, is peace um, to be in South Sudan. Well, Aviat, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. I'm so grateful for the ability to be able to call you from across the globe. Uh, to close, is there anything else you'd like to add or anything you'd like people to know about what's happening in South Sudan? Thank you so much. Uh, as, as I said, and as I tried to mention, uh, there is really a huge need for support in South Sudan. Uh, their, uh, their total um, population is 11 million. From this 11 million population, almost 8 million are living under poverty line. So they are really in a desperate need of humanitarian support at all levels. It really needs prayer and also it really needs a humanitarian support. So I, I want to call the humanitarian uh, attention to support South Sudanese because there is really a huge need for a support. And also uh, we really also need to pray for uh, the peace in the country. Thank you, Abia. Well, thank you so much. Um, we will continue to pray for South Sudan, for peace there, and for you and all of our staff. Um, so thank you so much. I hope we'll all be able to travel again someday soon so we can see each other in person. But thank you so much for sharing with us today. And we look forward to continuing this conversation at some point. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Life Across Borders. To learn more about World Relief and get involved, visit www.worldrelief.org. And join us on social media. We are at World Relief on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.